This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to your much waited for, much anticipated preseason edition of the Musings on Madison podcast here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager. You can find me on Twitter at DMelt57. I haven't been banned again, so I'm still there. Fingers crossed that maybe I'll last through the hockey season this time. Uh, I've got all my linemates with me this evening, even though it's been a while since we've chatted in this particular space. Uh, so we're going to catch up with uh, everyone so you can get reminded with who they are. Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey you can find on Twitter at Jehosa's Witness. It's Shepard Price. Hi. The weirdest thing about my life right now is that the Detroit Lions are the dependable team. Um, the White Sox are hurt and were hurt all season and have one of the worst coaches in the history of sports. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Blackhawks are going to be awful, but who knows what the Golden Knights are going through. And uh, Texas, all, like the football teams are, are coming through. Texas almost beat Alabama. What is happening? Well, Texas is almost back, Shay. Texas is almost, almost back. Almost. <laughs> We're not, but, even, but, we're not even to Sarke- Sarkeesian's first actual recruiting class, but and they're almost back. But how does it feel to be cheering for America's team? I mean, I feel like after Detroit was on hard knocks, which I forgot to watch, it's on my list, but everyone seemed to really like the Detroit Lions this year. So now you are a fan of America's team. And how does that feel? I've been a fan of this team for seven years, uh, eight years now. Uh, it is wild. It is one of the wildest things of my life that they're, they're now America's team. But it, it helps to have, I, I swear to God, I fucking hope this is true, the likable Bill Belichick. Because Dan Campbell, <laughs> MCDC, is a, I, I just love everything about MCDC. Are you talking, is that Mike McDaniel, the, the Dolphins coach? No, no, no. Motor City Dan Campbell. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I thought, sorry, I wasn't up bite on your, the bite your, bite your knee, Bite your kneecaps, bite your kneecaps off uh, to venti red eyes, Dan Campbell. <laughs> 
Uh, I was trying because you said the MC thing, and then I was thinking of that Motor City tag team that was uh, showed up in AEW recently. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns. There we go. There we go. Uh, but yeah, you know, speaking of most reliable teams, like what about? Uh, well, I, I guess wrestling's not really a team, but I, I just want to sit here and talk about how much I enjoy MJF now. I have been on the MJF bandwagon for a long ass time. I think he's one of the best wrestlers in wrestling right now. He's and he's no longer arguably a heel because uh, look, CM Punk. We're all from Chicago. We're all we're all Chicagoans here. That guy needs to take a chill pill. Yeah, I I agree completely. All right, well uh, let's let's not leave everyone else waiting in the dark though because we got some other linemates to bring in. Uh, Up next, it is uh, he is the second city hockey. What Ryan Key is to yellow card in honor of their fantastic set Saturday night at Riot Fest. Uh, You can find him on Twitter at Mill One Eighty Two. It's Mill Savage. Uh, hey guys, this is my last podcast of my twenties. So next time you hear from me, I will oh, be a no. living, breathing hard times article. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, boy. Uh, uh, let me find all the sympathy I have for you that you're just now turning 30. That must be so awful for you. No, it's great. I'm just going to listen to REM and that's about it. <laughs> no, I, th- I, guess- I think you have the age that like, you either like you really lean into like the punk music or you become a fan of jam bands. Those are your only nah. two options left. Yeah, no, I'll, st- I'll I'll listen to some Yellow Card later since you uh, shouted them out. I got I got Ocean Avenue on vinyl. Uh, I I've got Ocean Avenue's like top five on my list of songs that anybody between the ages of like twenty five and forty probably knows start to finish. At least uh, everybody at Ride Fest even know that song when they played it. So so there's that. Yeah, shout out Ryan Key. There you go. Or uh, William I, Ryan Key does he go by? You know what? It, it might be, but uh, Wikipedia said Ryan Key, so that's what I ran with. Also, there. I can't remember if it's their guitarist or their bassist was a big Red Wings fan, which is uh, the worst thing about that. Oh, it's a guitar player, but he's not the original guy. Okay. Well, yeah. They're there all, they're all ori- the original group's all from Florida. There you go. All right. They're like Jacksonville or something like we, that. We learned something new today. Uh, also with us this evening, the last part of the group, and she is Second City Hockey's Bull and Wall of Text. You can't find her on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. It's Betsy. The only thing I was thinking about the entire time you were talking about that was how on like TikTok they have those trends that are like, how millennial are you? And then they play music. Oh. And it's always things like, or how how millennial emo are you? And it'll, or punk you are. And it's songs like that. And you're like, huh, I miss the late 90s and early 2000s. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Uh, that was uh, the, the prime, I don't want to say the prime of my life, but uh the, the neat part is that all those bands seem to be reuniting for like 10 and 20 year reunions at various music festivals now. So uh, I don't get, you don't get to experience that music as much as you used to, but it's still, it's still out there and you get to, you know, take a weekend and maybe pretend you're 19 again every now and then. But, well, uh, Betsy, I have good news for you. If you missed that time period, the Hawks are going to look exactly like they did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. They will look exactly like the late nineties and two thousands. So uh, here's here, here's a problem too. I think the, stadiums might look the same as well <laughs> well yeah probably uh they i i i'm intrigued that's one thing i'm most intrigued to see this season is like even last season towards the end there were still decent turnouts for some games uh i i think even like there was like still like 16 17,000 in uh, like march and april yeah it it rose as it went from like january to the end of the year attendance actually rose on average we'll see yeah we'll see i mean weird even but even like you know like Cubs games are always the barometer for that for me where like the Cubs no matter how bad they were 
they would always get a decent turnout. They'd always win the attendance uh, battle every year in Chicago against the White Sox. Uh, but even this year, some of those Cubs games look pretty sparsely attended. And uh, I think you get in some of the depths of winter. I think people may not be venturing over to old Madison Street on, on the west side of the city because yeah. it ain't going to be pretty. The only thing different is going to be, and I know Shay and Dave, you guys were at uh, Forbidden Door, so you saw it. The uh, Godforsaken scoreboard they put up—that's like the biggest thing ever. It's it is it is large. Like I, it is massive, and it's, it's like distracting. It like it got, the first time I saw it, just like in, in comparison, like based on like the sizes of the buildings, it reminded me of the giant stadium at Jerry World, uh, the, yeah. the Cowboy Stadium. Like it's just it's it's uh, it's like when someone puts an eighty-five inch TV into a living room that shouldn't have a forty-inch TV. <laughs> and it's like when you're downstairs and you look up and it's the inner ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, I, I mean, it's convenient. I, I thought that was kind of actually kind of a neat feature, but it's just, that I don't know if it needed to be that massive of a, uh, a screen, but you know, whatever. Um, but I, I guess we could kind of talk about the Blackhawks a little bit for, well, before we get started, I just want to know who makes, who costs them more money, that scoreboard or Seth Jones? <laughs> I, because of the length of the contract, I'm going to have to say Seth Jones. I don't know, that's, man. And you know what? That's a good point. The Bulls probably had to pay half of that. So, yeah. What do you, yeah. what do you think? What do you think the electricity is to operate that thing? It's got to be a decent, a decent combat bill for, uh, for the Hawks to pay, right? Look, you're, y'all, y'all are, <clears throat> here's the, okay. I'm going to go on a little bit of a mini Texas right here. We have the worst grid in the, in the country because oh. we have the most blackouts. And we also, we also have one of the most expensive. So it's nowhere near as much as a one-bedroom cost me in terms of power. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I, don't even, I don't have anything else to add to that. So uh, I'm just going to make an awkward transition into talking about the Blackhawks prospects that we've been writing about for the last month. Speaking, so, speaking of Texas and, and Seth Jones, because Seth Jones is from Texas. The Blackhawks uh, exist. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. There's yeah. your segue. Not that. There you go. Thanks, Shay. Nice job, Shay. Yeah, he stuck the disc mount. A regular <laughs> carry shrug on the disc mount there, which is a reference that might be too old for all three of you. But anyway, um, so we've been writing about the Blackhawks prospects the last month. Uh, we did our annual top 25 under 25 rankings. Uh, as you are reading this, I believe the last article will be posted. And uh, spoiler alert, number one's going to be Frank Nazar. Do we? I forgot. It's pronounced Nazar. I should have looked this up earlier, right? Did we settle on that? It's Nazar or Nazar? I can't remember. I should know these things. Oh my god! Now you're making me doubt what I know. Oh, oh, uh, Frank. This Nez. is why. I, this is one of the reasons I call him Frankie Naz. Frankie uh, Naz. Yeah, old, old, uh, old, old Frank's boy. No, that doesn't work unless his dad's Broadway. Frank. Yeah, Broadway Frank. Broadway Frank. Yeah, old Broadway Frank is coming in at number one. Which I um, obviously, as we're recording this Tuesday night, um, I don't know what people will think about that because I feel like the general consensus I've seen in a lot of places has Lucas Reichel as the Blackhawks' highest-ranked prospect. Um, so I, I feel like we're going to preemptive get out ahead of this discussion and kind of lean into Na- Nazer. 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 Got it. I can do that. Um, so yeah, so Nazer, uh, old, old Frankie Broadway, um, was number one in our list ahead of Lucas Reichel. So I, I don't know. Who, well, we'll, we'll swing it around to Shea first to see where, see what Shea thinks. But, um, your, your reason, cause uh, it was a unanimous thing. We all four of us had the same top three of Nazer, Reichel and Korchinski. Um, so Shea, what was your, uh, 
your reasoning for that? Elite prospects said of Nazer, uh, he has the highest offensive potential of this draft class. Um, and while that's not in this draft, it's not like, Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> because Shane Wright somehow fell to four. Uh, it's also not horrible. Um, to have one of the best prospects of a draft class. Um, look at how Nico Heischer is doing in, in New Jersey. Yeah, that was a weak draft draft, and he's still performing well. Uh, look at uh, Kale McCarr from that same draft. Uh, yeah, he's decent. Yeah. Uh, so if you have the best prospect from any draft guys, you're still going to be well off. Um, it's a question of whether Nazer hits that potential, but I he, he's going to University of Michigan, which is a very well-rounded program. Um, and has developed a lot of talent. Uh, a lot of their, pro- a lot of their prospects from this year, are, or from this past year, are now going to the NHL. Between Owen Power, Thomas Portolo, um, Matty Beniers. Uh so I think he's got the the, the potential to hit that potential. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's got the potential I, to hit that potential. I like that. We got a I lot of potential, I, folks. That's yeah. I think I, that's the word we're going to abuse this season, unfortunately. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I think he's just got a higher ceiling than Reichel does. I, I think that's the the general idea as well. But I want to swing this around to Betsy to get her thoughts real quick on that as well. I think uh, all three of the top picks are like almost sandwiched on top of each other. Like I feel like arguments can be made for any one of them to be the top or the third or the second. Like you could shuffle them around. And as long as you made a coherent argument to me, I would accept it as reasonable. I might not agree with it, but I would accept it. Um, But the reason I put Nazer above is like Shay said, I think he has a slightly higher potential to be a star. Um, He's a little bit, so Reichel is uh He's an above average skater, above average passer. He's developing really well defensively. He's got better, he's got a little bit better size. Um, if the reports of him putting on like something of 15 pounds and if he can keep doing that, um, he's got like a good floor of like a second line player and he might be a top line. I don't actually know if he's going to be a center, but I bet he could be a top line winger pretty easily. Nazer could be like, he could be that player that develops into something a little bit more with star potential, you know, those, those type Mm. of electric players that you tune in for. And the Blackhawks don't have a lot of that. And I don't know if Reichel can be that or not. Um, He's somewhere between right now in my estimation, a a Schmaltz and a Teravainen. He's somewhere between them. He might even not even hit Schmaltz, but I'm hoping that he'll be above that. <laughs> I'm just impressed oh. you tried the last name because I haven't tried to say that last name in years. I've just always defaulted to Tava. Oh, Tiravanen, Tiravanen. How do you say it? Yeah, Tava. <laughs> we're Tava. we're not a very good pronunciation group here, but no, um, no we're, we're we're writers, not speakers. And it's the same thing with Korchinski. If Korchinski could <laughs> jump, like if he could make the like highest projection anybody has of him, which is a number one defenseman, then that's like like legitimately awesome. But it's just he's way more raw than the other two, so. Yeah, there, there's always that debate of do you go with Reichel because he's a little bit more realized and more well-rounded or do you go with the guy that's like a slightly higher potential? We all obviously went with the guy that had the potential to hit a higher ceiling. Yeah, I think if this was like a year or two into Reichel's NHL career, 
and he had already put up like a maybe like a 50 or 60 point season and like was starting to realize that second to first line potential even with Nazer being drafted this year as high as he was and as well regarded as he been I might have put Reichel up higher but because uh Reichel only played like well like 10 or 11 NHL games last year and not much happened in those games uh I I think like the the potential of Nazer is what won out in the rankings for me as well. Uh, but, and I'll just throw it out there. Uh, Scott Wheeler of the athletic did agree with us because he had Nazer the highest of the three Blackhawks prospects. He actually had Kevin Korchinski at 30. This was on his uh, prospect uh, league wide prospect ranking. So Nazar, excuse me, Nazer was 26th. Korchinski was 30th. And then Reichel was down at 41. So, uh, so I, I guess that that's nice to have that, uh, a professional prospect. Well, we're also professional writers. God damn it. So we yeah, have whatever mill and anything else to add on that whole conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think we are all kind of in the same mindset when we did these top three, um, something I put in the Korchinski piece that came out I, Monday when you listen to this last Monday, uh, is that he, you know, gets ranked high mostly because of pedigrees, like what you see, like what's their ceiling. Uh, a lot of times guys get ranked high and you see like, okay, they have talent. Can they put it together with fu- like a sound fundamental game? You know, that's kind of what we're measuring here. Cause the guys who are good fundamentally oftentimes become good fourth line grinders or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call them. So the talents there, you know, but the, the coaching and development has to, be key and if they don't bring them along it's going to be like a lot of other guys the hawks drafted right yeah so um i, I guess the the short answer is just uh the, the overall higher ceiling for naser uh as i guess is what made him a cut above the rest uh is there any else um i mean the the rankings this year i think there was more depth in this year's class than i think any part uh, top 25 under 25 I've ever been a part of, which uh, is obviously indicative of a team that is rebuilding. It also made it a lot more difficult to like, you know, like as, as Betsy was talking about the top three, like you could probably interchange any of those three and there there's arguments to be had for each when we, you get down in the teens and it's like, I, I, I don't know what's going to make number 14 better than 13. So was there any player and if, if any of you would like to shout out, there's a player that you would like to pound the table for and suggest they should have been higher or lower or what have you. If anybody wants to make their claims, uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. Jake, why should have been on the list? Ooh, yeah. I, 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 Jake wise. I don't believe he made it. He and LBR both had him ranked. Jake wise was an honorable mention this year. Um, I, I, for the biggest thing for me is this, that he's like a 13th was the, year was, senior at Ohio state. Now I think not a 13th year. Senior. <laughs> I know he's been know. hurt forever. Yeah. Yes. Did he, did he finally have a season that like everybody thought he he had in him when he was drafted and declared a seal when he was drafted? Yeah. Is it a few years late? Yeah. But again, it was all injuries. If he can stay healthy from here on out, he's a, like, uh, that could potentially be the Blackhawks third line center for the future. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Jake Weiss, when they drafted him, I was, I remember being disappointed in the first round, like, like I remember that draft being like, uh, and then the minute they got Jake Weiss, I was like, well, I am not as upset anymore because I really liked him pre pre that draft. And then he obviously got injured a bunch. Um, I, yeah, I think uh, Shay and I both took, we did a whole lot more of like, where do we see ceiling going? And I think he could be it now, whether or not he's going to sign with the Blackhawks is who knows, like, is he actually mm-hmm. in the Blackhawks plan? Do they, really care that much about him or 
like who knows but yeah i i think he should have made the list i i could you could argue that slavin probably should have should have been um on the list too uh if only because his floor is probably a pretty solid fourth liner like he has the makings of becoming like one of those defense defensive specialists that all teams do need um but th- there's just so many of them like do you mm. like <laughs> like I had, ones at the bottom i am with you on the josiah slavin one because i had him at 22 and he was an honorable mention overall um and uh jake it, all right is it jake wise or jake weiss it's spelled wise it should it's, be wise i mean He's american <laughs> hey i you know what after the so and frankie nazar is pretty american too i'm pretty sure but isn't he like a boston area kid i thought but anyway uh, that, but outside of those, I think uh, I'm quickly assigning myself as the Ethan Del Mastro bandwagon driver on this staff, and so uh, I'm just going to continue to stake my claim on that bandwagon in case he becomes the fully realized NHL defenseman that he is projecting towards. Um, it's obviously a long way to go still, but uh, I, I'll say uh, y'all are sleeping on Ethan Del Mastro. I wish we saw the comments from that draft in. <laughs> Second City Hockey, because you would be wrong about the first one that was like, oh, but I love him. Um, <laughs> there were there were a couple of people like uh, Bowman's last couple of drafts were interesting. Um, a lot of the upper ones I didn't like, and then some of the lower ones I did. And I was so, and he was one of them. He was one of the ones that I was like, well, that's a good pick. Him and um, the Swedish kid that's name I'm never going to try to pronounce. Jurenborg. Yeah, I so I like him a lot too. Um, and also I, the Russian kid, uh, Sidor, Sidorov. Um, is that how you say his name? Zadorov? No, it starts with an S. Stefanov, <laughs> uh, Ilya Stefanov. Yeah. Okay. Uh, both of those guys. Again, people should know. I really like those guys that are like defensive specialists. Kruger was one of my favorites, and of course, we all love Dave Boland here. Yes, so yes, we do. Those those Thank two guys for, are those kids. <laughs> uh, I, every it's funny anytime uh, Sternborg's name comes up, I like I don't know if it was written in our, at our site or somewhere else, but I identify him with a fire hydrant because he was written. The description of him is that he is built like a fire hydrant. So uh, that, yeah. that if he makes if he makes it to the NHL, I might just call him the fire hydrant. Um. But uh, <laughs> the the other three, there were three that. Um, that got like the guy, I mean, obviously it was mostly from one poster, but um, Wyatt Kaiser versus Vlasic versus Regula, all of them, there was some con- contention about <laughs> why Kaiser was higher. And again, it's like, it's mostly a sick. I'm getting his jersey this week. He's, <laughs> he's, he's more well-rounded currently than the other two. The other two have more defined skill sets on either defense or offense, but he's the better balance. That's the reason I put him. I Last think- year, Betsy was sharing his highlights in the Slack, and I was like, where the fuck has this guy been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... I There's a lot of people that were like, please don't overhype, like, not to me directly, but, like, people on Twitter, because that one game that he had in the playoffs where... He was just ridiculous. People were like, oh, he's so great. And he got started getting overhyped. And I was like, everybody was like, please don't do that because he's not going to be the next Kel McCarr and you need to stop pretending like he will be. And it's like, nobody's saying that. We just think that was awesome. 
no, well, Kevin Korczynski is going to be the next Kale McCarr. So. Look, if you've watched the Hawks <laughs> and had to write about them the way us four have, you need something to be excited about. Also, exactly. he looked good. Like, no. at least say that like he did well in the role that he like he went from being um, third pairing to start and went up to their first first defenseman as a freshman. And he's putting out like Duncan Keith uh, shifts and games because of that one night where he played like 60 minutes in a five overtime game. Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah. I mean, holy hell. He's he's slightly farther along than Vlasic was at the same age. That's not to say that Vlasic wouldn't be better eventually, you know, like overall, but it's just if you compared them where they were at the same age. Yeah. I just an inch ahead. I, um, I think the the general theme that I think I've gotten out of writing and reading about all of these players and pro, or all these prospects that the Hawks have is I do I feel like, and I think we talked about this towards the end of last season, is that it does feel like they have a lot of guys who project out to be decent NHL players. There's a lot of like second, third pair, uh, second, third offensive guys, uh, plenty of fourth line guys or guys that project in those roles. The same thing on defense, a lot of really good second pairing guys and third pairing guys, potentially if they, you know, realize their full hockey ability, but what they're really, they're missing a, a lot of the top end talent which is kind of why this whole rebuild is going on. So like they still got to get more of the really top end talent to round out the entire roster. But uh, as far as like the depth pieces go, I I guess I had, I have a little bit more optimism that the middle tier pieces might, might be forming somewhat because some of these guys got to make it right. (laughs) They can't can't all suck. Also, there's always a chance of somebody being like a a Pasternak, you know, like Mm -hmm. somebody who's taken in a position or to bring it, you know, like somebody who no to bring it should have fallen where he did. Yeah, but, no, um, yeah, now I'm sad again. Thanks, Betsy. <laughs> um Terravenin is a perfect Tivo. He's another example. He was picked in the middle of a round. Um, and those guys don't have like people love to everybody knows my debate against first rounders and calling them all the same. Um, I hate that term, like, oh, it's a first rounder, they had a first rounder for them. Where in the first round? makes a big difference (laughs) and where he was selected it does not have a super high probability so the fact that not only did he do well but he was essentially a star in the nhl like something like that could happen again you never know like you've maybe reichel will turn into that um maybe a will come up and do something good or maybe vlasic turns into you know a petrangelo who knows like or conversely to answer dave's question they could all suck but they still have to feel the team <laughs> <laughs> i mean we're, we're the ones who are the losers in that situation yeah yeah so um so yeah i uh we'll see i mean you know you can't have you can't have a team full of top five picks. That's just not possible, you know? Um, and if you go down when the, the Hawks were at their peak, uh, Duncan Keith was a second rounder. Corey Crawford was a second rounder. Um, I mean, I, they got Patrick Sharp in a trade. Uh, Seabrook was a mid first rounder. They like, picked Bufflin off the street corner. Th- yeah. Bufflin was like, I, I think Bufflin was drafted in a round that doesn't exist anymore. That's what so, I'm saying. <laughs> so like, so yeah. So you you can't you can't have an entire team full of number one picks. So uh, some of these other guys got to develop, and I think every every one of these young guys that develop will help shorten what this however long this rebuild is going to take. Because uh, we we've got we got a, a bigger project that we're starting to assemble that's going to try and take look at more of a finite timeline for how long to expect 
this process to take based off uh, the precedent of the Blackhawks and like the Penguins and the Lightning and the Avalanche. But that's that's something we can worry about more down the road uh, in the next few weeks. Um, so the preseason, well, I, the preseason, I guess, starts next week. I believe the Hawks' first preseason game comes up Tuesday, the 27th. And um, all seats are $20. <laughs> 20 Well, $1, Bob. Um, <laughs> training camp opens this Thursday. So, like, the season's, uh, like, effectively here. So I, I guess just the, the general thought, I just wanted to ask everyone, just what's your, your just your primary thought about the, the 22 – I, I can never say there's too many twenties in dates now, but the 2022-2023 Chicago Blackhawks. Shay, your thoughts, just general mood or vibes or whatever about the team this season. Yeah, we were talking before the podcast about like Reichel, Kurashev, but also like whatever young defenseman they're they're having to play because players like Jake McCabe are getting injured. Um and yeah, I forgot about Caleb, that, yeah. And Caleb Jones should probably be taking a seventh defenseman. Role. And by that, I mean, should not see the ice. Um, uh, but but then what's Jack Johnson going to be the eighth defenseman? Yes. Where's Riley Stillman uh, and all that? Yeah, where's, what about Riley Stillman? Riley Stillman's in the AHL. Um, <laughs> we don't need him. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, wave him. Um, yeah, so just look like look at the young players, see how they're doing, and then uh, measure like trade value. Max Domi and Andreas Athanas to you, and then probably – as much as it hurts to say, Patrick Kane, um, like how valuable are they heading into the a, after games or after stretches? Like I, is Max Domi scoring well? Because that that'd be great. I just want to compliment you on how well you said the name Andreas Athanasiu because I I I don't know why, but I I learned his name very early on. I think it was from one of the NHL video games. And I, I got really good at saying it, but I feel like I, that's a name that I everyone should struggle with. But you, it rolled off the tongue very well. So, so well done. That's that's a result of all that work you've been putting in in the off season, Shay. Right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. Mill, what about you? Well, I feel like I'm going to go to a Hawks game, and then I'm going to go see Rockford play against the Wolves and see where I have more fun. <laughs> and that's kind of my well, two cents. Yeah, uh, I, I hope you see them at, at, at uh, in Rosemont because Rockford's a bit of a haul. No, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Allstate. I'm not driving Rockford. Fuck yeah, that. no. Yeah, Allstate's Allstate's fun, and also the Wolves are very good considering the yeah. fact that they just and won the Calder Cup. I like Allstate because it can get really loud because of the wooden ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, like I'm gonna try to have as much fun as possible this year because they're gonna re- be really bad. Yeah, and. You know that's about it. <laughs> it's it's going to be a season for the silly. Like I guess it's because it's, it's just I think we're all of us will have to find a way to entertain ourselves because uh, there the product on the ice will not be entertaining to us at, at, at all. I think I'm going to start like giving the Hawks some kind of handicap to see like you know how you lay points in football. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be like all right, like if the Hawks can like avoid this much bullshit, it's a it's a victory. <laughs> Betsy, what about you? Same question on your general thoughts and feelings uh, heading into the the preseason. Uh, it's happening. I don't like. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's such a weird. Like, uh, I'm hoping that this season is like. Obviously, they're going into the season knowing that they're going to tank. So, 
I'm hoping that that's successful, even though I hate tanking just for the simple fact that they need to do it. Otherwise it would have all been for nothing. And I would hate for it all been for nothing. Um, you can't break our hearts and send away Alex to Grinka and then not get anything to show for it really, except for. Oh, they can. <laughs> no, you say, say that, that Betsy, but. <laughs> um, so I'm hopeful that they'll do poorly, but individually there'll be some good, like, you know, like, like Shay was saying, you're hoping that, that whoever is going to have a future with the Blackhawks, they do well. And if not here, then with the, with the ice Hawks, I, the ice Hawks are going to be maybe more interesting. Like mill doesn't have a bad strategy of like looking to the AHL maybe. Cause you know, they have some, your, your pal, Demetri, uh, Master is going to be down there. There we go. And Calder hopefully Cup playoff MVP. Hopefully Vlasic is down there too. Cause I'd actually don't want him really close to the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that that's my strategy is that unless you're completely 100% NHL ready, don't be in the NHL. And if you see them yeah. the Wolves, they have $2 beer night. Well, <laughs> and the and the tickets are cheaper. That's uh, very true. And I can't remember if Nolan Allen is going he has to go back, I think cuz he's not yeah, yeah, I believe he's going back to the W. But um yeah, I'm excited to see how uh, Soderbloom does and stuff like that. You know, like I there's more kids down there that like at least on the defensive side, but that was kind of the same as last year. There's, it'll, it, it's just without Reichel, I don't know what they're, <laughs> what they're gonna do. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I just want to watch the, the I want to watch the kids wherever they are. If it's in the AHL, if it's in the NHL, and then I hope that the organization takes a step at least at a player level. If not, because it's not going to happen at a team level. Yeah, like for the, um. Like the like, if you go in the way back machine with the Blackhawks, I mean, they drafted. So when they when they drafted Patrick Kane, he came to the NHL the season after, and Taves came with him. They drafted Taves the year before, and I believe his last year in North Dakota, he tore it up. I I just found the stats. He would had forty six points in thirty four games, which is pretty good for uh, who was. I believe that would have been his freshman year of college. Or is it uh, sophomore year? Excuse second me. Year, Freshman yeah. year. He was no, he was eighteen. His was Yeah, his, but he, he went early. Yeah. Um he yeah, got smart year. enough. I guess he didn't so. matter. the at the hockey you think he went to class. The 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 school that he oh. um went to, the one that all the hockey kids go to, they don't really St. Mary's. Care. Yeah, they don't really care about that. They just kind of push you through. Yeah, uh hit his freshman year tapes had thirty nine and forty two, and then uh sophomore year he had 46 points at 34 games. But the point of that being is that there were, you know, some of the prospects were starting to pop a little bit. Like I always reference Dave Bolin had like a 120 point season with, with the um, London Knights. With the London Knights. Yeah. Playing alongside Patrick Kane. I, I think Kane was on that team at that time, but like, and also then like at the NHL level, that's when they got Patrick Sharp and Sharp started to pop off a little bit. So there's like, if you go back to that time, like there were there were early signs that things were starting to trend in the right direction that may not have been as visible then because you didn't realize how well this was all coming together. So I think that's the thing I'm looking for this season is just, I need some sign that there are things that are progressing. So I, at the NHL level, who cares? Like, you know, I, I, ideally like Kirsch ever Reichel have a really good season. If Reichel happens to tear up the AHL fine, um, or maybe some of the defensemen that get called up at the NHL level play well or down in the AHL. I hope some prospect somewhere just goes 
and just wrecks a league somewhere, whether that's Kerchinsky in the WHL, Nazer in college, or somebody in Europe. Like, I don't care. I need one prospect to just go bonkers <laughs> all season. Um, that'll that'll be that'll be a really good sign for me. Just a quick note, Dave Boland and Kane were not together on the team. Okay, so so Dave Boland had 130 points. I think in he was wasn't that the same season Tavares was there? Uh, you know what? I, I, as I'm talking here, I'm going to Google this because I, I remember looking this up recently oh. because my uh, my infatuation with Dave Boland never ends. Yeah. Hey, uh, no, know, the, the other two guys on that team were Rob Shrimp and Dylan Hunter. Oh. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, but Sergey Kostitsin was on that team. So that, it, <laughs> if we're really lucky at the NHL level, one of the two times they played Toronto, Davidson and Dubas will fight. <laughs> in the press box and yeah like tortorella style where he's running through the hallway chasing after people they've already forgiven each other they gave morazic their like peace offering to each other that's just oh, what they Jesus. wanted you to believe <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have davidson and dubas in a, in a cage mat yeah battle of and the uh, rivers cuomo referee it we won't know who's who <laughs> perfect <laughs> all right i mean this is the kind of nonsense i'm expecting out of all of us from now until april and then we're all going to get locked away somewhere for the rest of summer for yeah for, uh, yeah us under the united center <laughs> yeah in the basement just, gonna, just like gritty and we're all gonna emerge in 20 years just like gritty <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna melt the ice and i'm gonna drown myself in it they're, in the water that's there <laughs> they're only gonna let dave and i out when the special pumpkins are there yeah which is, by the way, that's like a month or two coming up. We might have to might have to talk about that. No, yeah, all right. Well, up. let's uh, let's take a quick time out. We're gonna we're gonna take a breath, catch ourselves, and uh, uh, try and corral whatever insanity we've already started diving into, and then uh, talk about some other hockey stuff and maybe some food stuff and maybe even some fun music stuff. So I'll uh, come on back on the other side of this break for all that. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And as promised before the break, we're going to have a little bit of fun here because, again, we're going to need a lot of ways to entertain ourselves throughout the course of the season. And we're going to start right here with our preseason episode. So those of you who subscribe to the athletic, uh, and you should, it, you should probably should, cause they get some decent hockey coverage for, as a free, free PR for them. But uh, a few of the writers, it was uh, Arthur Staple, Sean Gentile and Charlie O'Connor. Is it, I think it's Sean Gentile. I don't know. Gentile? My pronouns, Sh- Sean G. <laughs> anyway, they put together this article today. It was one emo or punk song for every NHL team. Which uh, for Mill and I, this is like right in our musical interest wheelhouse. Uh, for Shay and Betsy, I know it's slightly outside of it. So what we decided to is we're just going to go. Uh, we're going to open it up to all genres because uh, we we want to get everybody involved here and just throw out some just general songs or 
maybe even albums or just things that you think summarize the way you either the way you feel about the Blackhawks now or the way the season's going to be or just songs with uh, things that just kind of encapsulate everything related to the team. So, uh, Shay, we're going to let you lead off. So what, what do you got? For All right. Me? I'm going to say because I'm because I'm me. Uh, there are two <laughs> categories here. Okay. Uh, one one is called Taylor Swift songs, and the other the other is called the other other bands. Um, I don't know. I'll, how I feel I'll about start. This. I'll start. I'll start with other bands. Uh, Hard times by Paramore. Okay, which uh, I I wouldn't say that is an, an outstanding uh, song. And also, I I don't. Did you listen to early Paramore? Because they're very much like started out as a punk band back yeah. in the day. Okay. Oh yeah. I, I own I own uh right right right. Uh, before that, like, is it? No, help me out. What's the, is the one it? with the the one with the red sofa on it? Yeah, uh, all we know is falling. I don't know. I don't really listen don't to Paramore to be honest with you. Like I know there's some hits, but but anyway, yeah. His, anyway, he's got a great voice. Uh, second, uh, Land, landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Um, okay, because they they pay they uh, paved over paradise and put up a parking lot, and that's what it feels like. Um, Wait, sorry, go on. And then uh, Shake It Out by Florence the Machine, um, because that's about a better future uh, than the past, and that's what the Blackhawks feel like. Um, and then going to the second category, uh, <laughs> Clean, Death by a Thousand Cuts, uh, Last Great American Dynasty, and then This <laughs> Is Me Trying. Okay. And all of those are pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> the headline does it well. Or I guess that the headline, the title of the song does it well. Uh, Betsy, what about you? What What are some of your, your offerings for this category? I'm going to go ahead and say, Shay and I think a lot alike because I was also doing Taylor Swift and he said <laughs> the two that I wanted. So we're just going to skip that and go with like the one that I was thinking of because I decided I wanted to do something semi-optimistic. And uh, so I'm going to pick Waiting by Green Day. Um, oh, which, all right. It's all about putting your best foot forward. You don't really know what's coming, what's happening. Um, I know it's really more of like a self and like I'm stepping forward kind of thing, but hopefully that's what the team is doing. And I kind of think that's what the fan base needs to do. Stop living in the past. And like, there's a dawning of a new era. Let's see what happens. Also, I, I like Green Day. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the also now that the past has been tainted, um, yes. there is the hope for a better future for sure. Mm-hmm. My other one was going to be by um, Perlene's love takes, takes time. And it's literally about patience, being patient during this whole thing. Love takes time. It's hard to find. You got to take some time to let it grow. Whoa. There you go. Those are my two. Thanks for the whoa. Needed that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to encapsulate, encapsulate the whole feeling. Okay. No, you did. Hey, I this <laughs> that was that was meant with nothing but a a positive reinforcement of what you offered. <laughs> Mill, Mill, what about right. you? What, what do you got for me? So I just want to go on record, uh, letting Shay know I don't dislike Paramore. I just meant I'm not familiar with every name of every album and song. I, I was just trying to think of, I know you were dressed as a shade, but I was trying to think of like the first one from like 2003 that yeah. has the song pressure on it. And as oh, we first, know it's falling. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Here's the, here's the problem with an album from 2003. I was eight years old. I don't think my parents yeah, would have approved of me 
We're, that's let's let's I mean, not let's not talk about ages. And... Let's let's not talk about ages in two thousand three. Okay, but I don't no, think my parents would allow you listen to Paramore. Okay. The, the they did break out with Riot. Yeah, they yeah. they became more of like a I guess like crossed over into more of a mainstream thing. They're on views absolutely. More. The first music video I saw was for Pressure, which is off the All We Know Is Falling album, and Haley Williams is wearing a Philadelphia Flyers T-shirt in that music video. So I was immediately in love with Haley Williams, like I think a lot of people my age were at that time. So I, I just, just and that's hockey the, adjacent. So they're, they're on the Twilight uh, soundtrack. <laughs> I know the code. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, but, okay. Here's the thing about the Twilight soundtracks: they're low-key they're good. really good. They're yeah, low-key really really good. They're actually good. Uh, I'll, I will, uh, I'll take your word for it. Sorry. Shane. All right. Well, <laughs> I got Enema of the State when I was eight. So now you guys know why I'm so messed up. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you one song and one album just to stay with the theme of the, uh, Warp Tour song. I'm going with What It Is to Burn by Finch. Oh, there we go. Cause it's kind of, you know, it's double-sided. They kind of burned it all down and they're probably going to tank. So yeah. And uh, the album, uh, it's by a band I like called Webbed Wing. And the name of the album is What's So Fucking Funny? <laughs> Question mark. Because that's pretty much what the Hawks are going to be saying to everybody all year. Solid choices on both. Uh, although Webbed Wing, I, I got to say, you, uh, you stumped me on that one. I'm not too familiar with them, but uh, I, I, can, I will absolutely take your word for it. Do you like Super Heaven? No. I I, I'm, I'm, I I know I've heard that name, but I couldn't tell you much. You about like him. Teenage Wrist, right? Yes. Uh, in vain with that, but like, nah, you sort of like that. Okay, I, I know what you're we're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, I well we approve. It, it's it's all good. Also, uh, if we're gonna go with albums, uh, Shay referenced Hard Times, which is off Paramore's After Laughter album, which I'm pretty sure from like a lyrical content perspective is the lead singer exploring the depths and sources of her depression, which actually seems like it might kind of be appropriate for the Blackhawks this season. So that's not a bad choice for an album. Uh, The song I was going to say was uh, the one that they picked for the Blackhawks uh, made is what made this article so amazing for me because they picked a thrice song who is my personal favorite band of all time. The song they picked is all that's left uh, because the chorus starts talking, uh, opens with the line, a ghost is all that's left. Uh, referencing like Patrick Kane and Javon Taves are kind of like the ghost of all that's left of what used to be a really good hockey team. But uh, I, I want to go in a slightly more positive direction. I'm going to stick with the thrice song and the song is called the long defeat. And I think the general idea of the song is, I think it's related to political things and other things going on in the world right now. But I think the general idea of the song is to fight the long defeat of not, uh, not letting pessimism and other things overwhelm you despite all of the things around you that might cause you to be pessimistic, which feels very apropos for where we are at with the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's my song thrice the long defeat. I and like the, the uh, I like the all that's left choice they use. Cause I like the, the summer's past has challenged me like bridge part. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, that works and, for the Hawks. <laughs> look, I'm going to go see through. I'm flying to freaking Alabama and, Two days to go see Thrice, so I, I, I'm any any way I can talk about Thrice, I'm happy to do so because I'm so goddamn excited for this weekend. But um, I've never even heard of Thrice. <laughs> God, I, I knew it was well, and I. They're fucking incredible. That's that's exact. I'm not gonna lie. Well, here here's the thing, Betsy. Have you heard of Dustin Kensrue at all? No. 
Okay, because Dustin Kendrick was the lead singer of Thrice, but he also had like a folk career for a while. And I had a friend who was listening to Dustin Kendrick music, his his solo stuff. And I was like, and I was I was inquiring, like, do you know who this person is? And they were very alarmed that I knew who Dustin Kendrick was. It's like finding <laughs> it's like when you find out that uh, like Dave Grohl was the drummer of Nirvana. Well, that's for like, younger people, because like, I feel like when that happens, like Foo Fighters was like the drummer of Nirvana's new band. Yeah, exactly. Or like I have a, a kid in the subdivision where I grew up who's I think just turned 21 was telling me he's going to see Aaron Lewis. I'm like, oh, you mean the lead singer of Stained? And he said, who's Stained? I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, oh, my God. I'm Yeah. So so that happens a lot these days. Um, um, did you think that the rest of the songs were, I didn't know all of them. So, uh, uh a lot, I, yeah, there, there was a lot of good, it was more, honestly just felt more like a cool nostalgia trip to see, mm-hmm. but I really appreciate, I, I, uh, I don't know if any of you follow Charlie O'Connor on Twitter, but he, like he tweets a lot of music stuff and I, I just, I feel like I have a lot of musical overlaps with him. So Anything that he wrote, I identified with 1000%, especially because he is a the Flyers beat reporter. So he wrote, he picked a great song by Spanish Love Songs and referenced, I like the way that they tied like the lyrics to the team situation. So I thought they were all very, very strong choices. Yeah, I and I, I pointed this out in our Slack, but I found it amusing that they used what was the 2013 Blackhawks oh. like playoff song. Um, the... My songs know what you did in the dark, but obviously more known as "Light 'Em Up." <laughs> Let, yeah, Light em M- up. Mups are being <laughs> lit. That that song will forever remind me of the Blackhawks being. It's like that song and Doc Emmerich's voice, and there's just like a handful of things that just remind you of like when the Blackhawks were good at hockey because they were just part of the whole overall experience at that time. They used fun a lot during that run too, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, or during the season. And they, they said, like, there's a song by Capital Cities that the name is escaping me that they did. They played a, a video at the rally. I can't safe and, sound. Sa- safe and sound. Thank you, Shay. The, I, I, I had a hunch you Shay would know that because that's I remember that being like that was a big radio hit that summer. Yeah, the so the play. So uh, my songs know what you did in the dark. That got mup, mup, mup trending constantly on twitter yes, it did every and yeah. then um fun they did a like video afterwards after they did a video preseason of it and then at the end of the season where yeah they, and then at, yeah and at the home opener they they changed it so they yes. added dave boland into it so when we were there he was like oh for the diehards in the 300 level yes mm-hmm. yeah. i know and, like, yeah yeah, yeah, those were some good. <laughs> those are some good memories. <laughs> also, the coldest home opener I've ever been to in my life. It was in fucking January. By, by the way, do you, do you, do you realize that that season was ten years ago? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the twenty twelve to twenty thirteen season. Yeah, yeah. like they didn't start till twenty thirteen because of the lockout that year. But you, yeah, you know, you know what's really funny about that year is um, because of the lockout. They had to, they didn't want to reprint the tickets. So if you have tickets from that year, they put a sticker over the original game. <laughs> well, wow. it is wild that I've been a hockey like, fan for a decade now. Well, uh, you missed you missed a lot of bad stuff. Good for you yeah, for avoiding yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you <laughs> picked now you, you get your right dues, eh? Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, all that fun, all that fun and good hockey you got to watch. Yeah, now now the now the tabs come and do. 
Uh, they've had a few years of that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I know it's going to get worse, but well, well, maybe. You know, we'll we'll talk about that in the next few weeks. We, well, we I need... feel like before they blew the core up, it was kind of like the late '90s teams where they should have been kind of better, but not really. It's like they were just good enough to lose in the playoffs. Yeah, well, like the '97 yeah. team that got their ass whipped by the Avs. Yeah, like yeah, those mid '90s teams that would have only been good enough to lose to Detroit or Colorado in the playoffs because those two teams were so clearly better. Because they had each team had like eight Hall of Famers on it. Yeah, right. The salary cap didn't exist. Exactly. Exactly. Or had just not tanked. It had, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That too. Uh, well, so uh, well, I think let's uh, let's wrap up all the hockey discussion there because I, I think well it was probably more music based, but there were some hockey adjacent topics in there too. But we need what we really need to do is we need to reclaim our mantle as the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet, because we've been laying dormant for two months. I don't know if anybody else has tried to claim this title that we bestowed upon ourselves. Well, but, fuck uh, them. We'll beat their ass. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anchorman, <laughs> style. Anchor, Anchorman style. Yes. yes. The, four of, the four of us all pull up with weapons. No. <laughs> We're just I have a trident. <laughs> I own a trident. I'll bring it. Oh my God. I'm oh. sorry. See what I started? Man, I, I can't wait to hear what kind of bullshit's coming out of our mouths in April. It's just, it's going to be so ridiculous. I can't wait. Well, hopefully we're filling them with food so nothing's coming out. Exactly. Yeah. We're, this is just going to become a food podcast. Uh, but, you know, we, we did have two months. So we had a lot of, you know, we had a lot of things going on. I know there was, there's weddings attended by those in the group. Uh, there might have been some trips. I'm not entirely sure what, what everybody was up to this summer. So, um, has anyone come up with any food takes or food thoughts or food experiences or just general food things to share? Oh boy. Uh, we, we could discuss the wedding stuff. Well, cause, you know what? Cause I, cause all right, I, I'm going to go real quick. Cause I, my, my brother got married Labor Day weekend, which was about two and a half weeks ago. Now uh, the food was pretty standard. It was like your uh, fried chicken, uh, standard Midwest wedding, fried chicken, masacholi, the green bean things with bacon it mixed in there somewhere. Uh, I will say that instead of a cake, they had donuts, which was an outstanding choice. Um, but other than uh, food was, I'd say, pretty stand good, but pretty standard, nothing out of the ordinary. But I'm, I'm, let's just go right in this because I know, Betsy, I know your wedding, your, the wedding you went to was not a typical Midwestern wedding by any means. So uh, you might have a better, more interesting take or discussion than I have. Uh, so I went to, um, my friend, uh, got married and she's Indian and he's not. So they had two ceremonies, um, a Hindu ceremony and an American Western ceremony. So I, we had <laughs> twice as much food. You said an American Western one. So it was like John Wayne there or American <laughs> slash Western. I don't know. Like it's not technically an American, it's a Western. Westernized. Yeah. I, yeah, I got you. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that would have been great though. Um, and you know, the, ceremonies before there's like a, a Mindy ceremony, which is a ceremony where you come together. Um, it's almost like a, like pre bridal. It's like a bridal ish shower. Um, I know normally it's mostly just the bride and her female relatives and friends, but like they did both the bride and the groom and you, um, Oh my God. What is the yellow paste they put on them for good? Hannah? Are you talking about no, Hannah? No, Hannah oh. is the, the stuff they put on your hands, uh, that see, seeps in and, which, by the way, mine lasted for three weeks. They oh. told me it would be like a week, week and a half. And I was like, a few weeks in, still scrubbing. Like, <laughs> would not come up. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing wrong? And they're like, you need to soak more. And I was like, is it because I'm an efficient 
Like I'm in fish it in the shower. Like I don't understand this. Um, anyway, back to food. <laughs> so we had uh, obviously Indian food at uh, the Hindi ceremony. And it was from a little place called Chaipani. Um, there's a couple of them in the Atlanta Decatur area and also in Asheville, North Carolina. And they mostly do, Huh? <laughs> Nothing. Sorry. Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Mills making wrestling jokes. <laughs> well, so they do, uh, like almost Indian street food kind of stuff. Um, and also everything was vegetarian. So Mill could have, um, partaken oh, in all. Oh, it go. was, Hell yeah. I mean, I ate stuff there. I don't norm. I normally get the same like four or five dishes cause I know them, but there were several things on there that I did not know. And it was everything that I ate was delicious. Even the couple of things that I was like, this is actually too spicy for me, but I'm going to try it. Um, and then the second one was at uh, a biri- It was called biryani and grill. And it was more traditional Indian food. Again, all vegetarian. And it was like, is this tofu or cheese in this? I can't like as the meat substitute. I couldn't tell, but I mean, I didn't miss the meat at all, which I found surprising because again, I don't normally do that, but all of it was like the most fantastic Indian food that I'd had in a really long time. And I eat Indian food fairly regularly. Um, and then the second ceremony was very Southern tradition, like not the ceremony, but the food. Um, like upgraded, it was salmon or chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, um, stuff like that. It was really good. Um, and then the rehearsal dinner was at a, um, very, very traditional, um, Southern upscale Southern place down. So I guess it was a very like mix of, this is going to be as Indian as possible. And this is going to be as southern as possible um that 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 sounds like a good time though yeah i i if you can go to an indian wedding not only is it very cool because everybody looks amazing um the ceremony depending on where you go some of them can be very long this one was actually a reasonable length because um the bride did not want it to be (laughs) she was like i want it to you know not be horrible um but they're obviously going to have good food like I'm trying, I'm trying to remember some of the things that we had because they had little cards on them, but I, there was a bunch of things that I had never had before that were just really good. They also had like a non pizza thing that <laughs> was supposed to be for kids, but I was like, I'm taking smoke. It took me re- a second to realize when you said non pizza, it's not N O N. Is it N? No, it's like the bread, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Pizza. It's like non with, with a type of marinade, like a type of tomato based sauce. It's not really pizza sauce and then cheese on top of it. So I, I think the, uh, I, I just, I, I went to a, a ceremony that was somewhat similar to that last a couple summers ago, but, uh, I feel like I need to find a way to crash an Indian wedding at some point. Cause it sounds like the food's fantastic. Yeah. I might be tough I've, for me to do though. I've been to lots of weddings. Um, and I've been, I've been in, this will be my fourth wedding that I've been in and the food at both of them and including the, at the Mindy and the rehearsal dinner knocked all the rest of them out of the park, like pretty easily too. All right. See, I'm jealous you guys. I went to a wedding probably the same weekend that Dave's brother got married. It was Labor Day weekend. Yeah. My buddy got married and it was a traditional Serbian wedding, which is lots of fun, but because I don't eat meat, I had crown Royal for dinner. 
<laughs> and by the end of the night, I oh, decided boy. to go. Uh, I wasn't in the wedding, so I decided to go no tie for summer. And I looked like an 80s Coke dealer by the end of the night. <laughs> so I'm very jealous of these menus. I'm here. Might, might, might have looked and smelled like an 80s Coke dealer by the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> there, Crown I'll, Royal for dinner. There's Woo. some pretty brutal pictures. But uh, I bet. Um, no, it was cool. I have another wedding coming up, so I will report back in two weeks on that. Oh, hey, you went to Pittsburgh, so did you get sandwiches with an unnecessary uh, amount of french okay. fries on top of it? I'm going to Pittsburgh this weekend for my birthday. Okay. Uh, I went to the Pitt game last weekend, but it was at Western Michigan. Uh, okay, yeah. So uh, I'm going to go see Pitt two weeks in a row, which is kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, so I'm probably going to get some really brutal, like, bad-for-you, awesome food in Pittsburgh. All right, there you go. Uh, and something – yeah, keep, I'm looking uh, keep forward your to open. telling you guys – uh, there's a dive bar called Chupka's, which has been there forever, which I really like. And they have French fries that they toss in wing sauce and then put Parmesan cheese and bake them on top. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are all good things all in one. So <laughs> oh, that, that, sign me up. <laughs> so that sounds like my plan for this weekend. So when I come back complaining about my clothes, not fitting, you guys will know why. Uh, Shay, I know you've been down in Texas, uh, living, but is there anything down there to report or have there been any travels, uh, to share? Uh, hot take: Corn tortillas are better than flour tor- tortillas. I, I ride with that. Take. I don't think that's don't, a hot take at all. I, I think feel like that's, that's a, an accepted take. I think that's a correct take, is what it is. <laughs> Most people have fought me on that, though. Nah, corn over flour I, all day. I, I think it, it, it might be hotter in terms of like breakfast tacos, where like flour tortillas are like more commonplace. But still, corn tortillas are better ways of conveying the ingredients to your to your face. I think um, the main issue I have with corn tortillas, and maybe this is just because of the like the places I've gone and the brands I've had, I feel like corn tortillas are always too small. Like, can't they make corn tortillas larger? I feel like flour tortillas always seem to be bigger so they can accommodate more things, which makes for a more satisfying burrito, taco, whatever. I think it's time to double them up and go for it. Yeah, I think flour tortillas might be more thick, and that that might be the difference. Yeah, that could be it too. Yeah, so I, I agree with Mill. They'll double it up. All right. See if that works. <laughs> I mean, more is better, right? Exactly. Yeah, unless that more is uh, watching the Blackhawks this season. Hey, we have I'm to watch kidding. 82 games. I, like, <laughs> let's just, let's just like I'm trying. I'm I'm trying so hard. Like I, I like to think of myself as a generally optimistic person, but sometimes like I just like I I I think one of the posts I think that we're gonna do before the season. Is we're just gonna have a, like one article like for everybody that reads our or visits our website, whatever. If you ever interacted with our website, come to this post and just complain about how much this season is going to suck because it's going to suck. It's not going to be fun. Just get it all out of your system. The first, you know, this or early post before the season starts, and so so you can feel like you you got that out of your system. So then you can at least try and find some level of enjoyment for or well, something from this season. And we're going to do the best we can to make it fun. Yes, we. Yeah. <laughs> we got the okay. jokes. We got the food takes. As, we got the as, music takes. As a Detroit Lions fan with experience <laughs> in this area where you're, you're supposed to, like, just make, like, get through 16 games of yeah. hell. Uh, yeah, just keep your expectations low. Have some fun. Make some memes. Uh, and, and get through it. Shay, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm and your your uh, your offer there, but I, what I will say is like the NFL, like football, is just one day a week. It's on Sunday. 
It's it's mm. three hours every Sunday. The uh, the NHL just with it being eighty two games and multiple games every week, it can be a blur. But I think you and I are somewhat equipped for this because of what we have watched with the Chicago White Sox this summer. And they play 162 goddamn games and they've probably ruined my night for at least 110 of them because <laughs> even the games they've won have been infuriating. So and, and their and their season might be unofficially ending right now because they're losing to Cleveland. So um, I don't know. I, I think uh, like I, I sports are supposed to be entertainment and, and, and when they're not fun to watch. I know like a lot of people can just turn them off and I envy you because I, I just like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch like rega- regardless of whether or not I was doing this job or not, I'm gonna watch the game. So uh, I just hope that there's, we'll find something to cling to. I think the Shay, I think you were talking earlier about the trade trade value meter, or maybe that was in our pre-show discussion, whatever. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, maybe a few prospects will pop off. And like I said, maybe, uh, Maybe someone will go. Someone in college will just have a stupid. Maybe Frank uh, Frank Nazer wins the Hobie and Baker or something. If people are interested, I'll bring back the bingo cards. Oh yeah, well, yeah, the bingo cards just get uh, the free space make, will just be fuck everything. Make <laughs> your wolf. bingo. Make your bingo card a drinking game. Develop some rules for for a bingo. Yeah, card I could do that. Here. And yeah. the free space will just be gold bulls on the other channel. That's actually that's actually the biggest. <laughs> I was just gonna say my biggest concern for the season might be cirrhosis for some people. Well, we do encourage responsible drinking. Yes, sometimes. yeah, cap at a certain point. Yeah, Pace know yourself. your limit. Don't drive. You know, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. There's a reason. There's a reason the United Center cuts you off after like what the second period. Uh, something. It's yes. usually it's usually like ten minutes left or something like that. I can't remember. I, I run out of money by that point. Yeah, no shit. Beer's expensive in that place. The fucking United Center beer is like $17 or some shit. I guess so, yeah. Have, yeah, there too. Well, while you guys went down that, like, like, like went back into, oh, hockey's going to suck or hopefully it won't be that bad. I was looking at my menus trying to figure out what I, like, loved the most. <laughs> I really I want to go back to Atlanta and order lots of food. So you guys... Should have been talking about food the whole time. Really? Actually, I'm glad you brought that back up because as I I mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm going down to Alabama in a few days and we had a lengthy discussion last season about grits. So I need, I'm going to find a place, uh, I think Friday morning, I've got time before the the music festival starts that I'm going to, uh, where I want to find a place to get some grits in downtown Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, If anybody has a suggestion for me, I've been to Birmingham a couple of times. Um, it's not that far. Um, oh man. Uh, I, 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 you don't have, if you think of a place later, feel free. You can let me know, but do you, I just general top rules on grits? Like what should I do? And, and when I'm eating, like, I know there's like the argument about like sugar or salt or whatever. Uh, salt, not sugar. Okay. Um, if you're having it with breakfast, it can be by itself. Um, it's a side. Um, okay. And I like to eat it with bacon because I, it does a good job of balancing. And then if you're doing it for like an entree, shrimp and grits is always an excellent choice. I don't oh, think I've God. ever had a bad shrimp and grits, especially if they're uh, like Creole Cajun tinted. Um, okay. But I don't know if Birmingham has. Uh, I'm, yeah. I think, I think the main idea here is I'm going to try and get it for as a side dish for breakfast. And then maybe we'll see, like maybe like the festival, they'll have a, a grits infused food option for me to, to use, but there's a we'll place oh, called granny's fish and grits. <laughs> yeah. Sounds amazing. 
Um, yeah, so they have loaded grits. <laughs> okay. So, All right. I mean, well, I, again, I, my, I feel like most food options that have the phrase loaded in them are pretty good. So uh, I don't think we can go wrong there. Dave, I know you like Notre Dame, but if you get confused with your order, just throw Roll Tide in there. They'll probably <laughs> get a good point. If you're, I think that Birmingham has a <laughs> flying biscuit. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Uh, because I, I actually was trying to make plans to go see Alabama's football game that Saturday, but it didn't work out because they're playing mm. at 630 at night to hang 95 on Vandy, but yeah, fly, fly, flying biscuit sounds amazing. So we'll, uh, um, we'll, um, I don't, I don't know how the Birmingham one is, but the one that's in Midtown in uh, Atlanta is amazing. And okay. they have, they have good grits. They have good cheesy grits. And then their, their biscuits are, they have like different types, but their main biscuit is slightly sweet. I'm just, I'm, I'm just excited in general for all the food options. I'm not going to be down there long, but I've never really been like, I've been to Florida that I feel like that doesn't really count is like that part of the South. So um, they, have, I'm, they, have, I'm, they have grit bowls, if I remember correctly, because I think they yeah. have a chorizo one. But okay. anyway, if you want to go traditional, get it for breakfast. All right. That's that's the game plan. And uh, we'll report back next week for sure. Or, or, or the week after. Whenever, whenever we gather again, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to do that. But uh, um, obviously, with the, the season right around the corner, we're going to have uh, plenty of Blackhawks hockey and Ice Hogs hockey and uh, Michigan and Seattle Thunderbirds and wherever all the other prospects are scattering off to right now. Uh, but we're going to cross those bridges in, in future editions of Musings on Madison. Uh, let's wrap up this episode. Any final thoughts before we depart? Uh, no. Okay, good. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to hear. All right, well, then that's definitely going to do it for this edition of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DML57. Shay's at your host's witness. Mill is at Mill182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. And that is also the place where you can find all of our articles. Our top 25 under 25 articles will finish on Wednesday when you're probably listening to this podcast. Um, so they will all be there, as will our of our upcoming preseason stuff and then Obviously, all of our game content will be there as well. Uh, it's very, you know, the preseason still, obviously. So if we can get, you know, share this with a friend, tell some more people about it. Uh, we're going to try and carve out our little weird corner of the Internet for the Blackhawks while all this rebuild's going. And then hopefully we can uh, ride out a, a fun rebuild process together. Or in three years, we'll all quit because we're sick of watching this damn team. one way or another but uh, we'll hope you'll join us for the ride wherever it goes and uh, we'll talk to you next week For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.